Hi, this is Jeff Kober with Disney Insights. Disney Cruise Line announced the inaugural sailings for the Disney Treasure, as well as many of the details about their newest ship. Joining me is David Zanola of Zanola Travel, who will help me to study the details of this announcement and how it compares to the more recent Disney Wish. We will look at the itineraries, the overall design, new dining and lounge concepts, entertainment, staterooms, and so much more. The Disney treasure is unique, and there will be some very cool additions you'll want to hear about. Moreover, there's more to be announced, and we'll do a little conjecturing on what remains to be added. So join us as we share Disney treasure cruise line announcements. Make sure that you also take the opportunity to uh, check in on DisneyInsights.com because so much of what we're going to talk about is shown in visual form on the many um, drawings and photos that uh, they have produced for this upcoming. It's going to really, it looks beautiful. Um, if the ship looks half of how they're depicting it, it is going to be a pretty beautiful ship. So definitely check out Disney Insights. We invite everyone who does so to subscribe there and also make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast. Have a chance, go out to your podcast and please share a favorable rating or review or just, hey, invite somebody who uh, might come along with you next time and pay for your Disney Cruise Line trip. Just uh, if you would share all that we are doing here on Disney Insights. All right, without much further ado, we have so much to talk about. So let me bring on David Zanola and let's talk about the Disney treasure. David Zanola, the summer is over and finally I have you live on a podcast. Let's see, I have talked to you from your hometown. I've talked to you from Chicago. I've talked to you from New York. I've talked to you from about three different places in Europe, Italy, France, and somewhere else. I've talked to you. Where else have I talked to you? I've talked to you here <laughs> in Orlando. Uh, I think so. I don't. You have don't been know everywhere this summer. Yes, I don't know where I am anymore. I don't think. I mean, I guess I kind of do, but I need to have a like instead of a an Apple Watch that shows me my time or any watch, I need to have something that tells me what what state I'm in or what state or country I'm in, just so I know. Well, I'm glad you're back home and I'm glad you're here so we can talk about the big announcements today with the Disney treasure, which I have to say just at the outset, uh, if, if you have a chance to watch the video of this, don't watch it. It's terrible. It is a terribly done video, terribly written video, terribly silly video. It makes no sense. Trust me, all the photos I can line up are on Disney Insights. The details are here in this podcast. Let's talk about it. What, uh, what's interesting in their announcement today is that the, uh, the Disney Treasures Maiden Voyage is officially scheduled for December 21st. Let's see how quick, how close you can put it to Christmas without actually going over here on the cruises, right? And that will be a special seven-night maiden Eastern Caribbean voyage that sails over Christmas. Then it will join the Disney Fantasy and Disney Wish of Port Canaveral. And it will uh, the Disney Fantasy will shift departure dates that will now allow the treasure to 
um, to take over uh, seven night Caribbean sailings on both the Eastern Caribbean and the Western Caribbean, kind of going back and forth. Is that your understanding, David? Did I say all that right? Yeah. So they haven't confirmed yet, at least not that I've seen what the exact new itineraries for the fantasy will be. But basically right now, as we record this and for the last decade or so, uh, the fantasy has done, uh, for the most part, there's been a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, they're doing alternating seven-night itineraries Saturday to Saturday. One week is Eastern Caribbean, one week is Western Caribbean, and they just go back and forth. Again, there are some weird scheduling uh, craziness every now and again, where maybe they do a six-night or maybe they do an eight-night. But for the most part, a large majority of the fantasy sailings have been seven and sevens. And so that's what it looks like the treasure is going to take over when they launch in late December of 24. Yeah, and and the Western Caribbean looked... Pretty much, you know, it was uh, Cozumel, it was Falmouth, um, Jamaica, it was um, uh, Grand Cayman. The Easter, I saw that somewhere and I can't, if I can find that, I'll, we'll come back to that at some point. Um, yeah, David. The Eastern Caribbean is typically uh, Tortola and St. Thomas. Now they've had to make some changes in the last uh, couple of months where there have been some issues where they haven't done St. Thomas as often, but for the longest time, that was what it was, Tortola and St. Thomas. And in fact, that is a nice cruise or has been in the past and, and they could change it. We'll see when the official itineraries are released, but you get an extra day at sea. So you get three days at sea on that Eastern itinerary because then you do the three port days of Castaway, Tortola and St. Thomas, or they might do um, another one. We did not do St. Thomas on our Eastern Caribbean sailing a few months ago. We did San Juan instead, which was fantastic. We loved it. So this it. is what I see. I see the seven Eastern, seven night Eastern is Port Canaveral, at sea, at sea, Tortola, British Virgin Islands, San Juan, Puerto Rico, at sea, Castaway Key. That is one of them. The other is Port Canaveral, at sea, at sea, Tortola, St. Thomas, Castaway Key. By the way, this is all important because uh, both of those, now the Western is then what I just described with Castaway Key as well. None of these are going to lighthouse point yeah and i would assume that's strategic right because yeah, you're I, I think so too your, because your, it's new also pull, they right. want to get you both right so your your pull is the new ship and then if you want to go to the new island you're going to take one of the one of the one of the previous ships yeah yeah and then and then uh what's interesting is these uh, these go on sale starting on september uh gee well tuesday september 12th is for pearl wednesday is for platinum castaway club members in golden oak monday september 18th is castaway club disney vacation club members and adventure inside i shouldn't mention anything else because by then it might be booked uh tuesday september 19th is silver castaway and then um september 20th is anybody and everybody in the general public so that is coming that is coming up so quickly. Uh, yeah, we are recording this. Are looking at that. Yeah, we are recording this on the night of September 5th. And I would assume that a week from today, the maiden voyage will be gone. I, I really can't anticipate it getting past 
uh, getting past the new the new Pearl castaway level. Now, I suppose the one possibility is there might be some guaranteed uh, staterooms still left. Um, and maybe the holidays might uh, turn some people away, but I would be surprised if it makes it to the 13th, the maiden voyage that is. Um, and if it does, there's no way it's making it to the 14th. So I don't believe, I don't anticipate gold, silver, or uh, pub or the general public to have any access to, to the maiden voyage. Um, I think they'll have to start moving back into, into January and February. So uh, in their announcement, David, they said essentially in so many words, the structure of this ship is is pretty much just spot on to what the Disney wish was. And so and that really everything it's about the look and feel from the atrium to kinds of restaurants and lounges and entertainment. It's all different in that regard. But the but the body of the ship is the same. I'm going to ask you before we go into all those differences what's good and what's bad about that piece of news right in and of itself that they that that is the same structure of the ship so i don't know that i would necessarily say anything is bad uh i i think that the thing is, is there were some interesting choices made in terms of design probably the the most primary or the, the the two biggest ones that if i were designing that i would have said how can we fix this before they launch the next ship of, of this triton class the number one thing that everybody talks about even though i don't run at all if you saw a full shot of me in our video right now you would clearly know that i don't run uh so on all of the original four ships so the magic the wonder the dream and the fantasy deck four which is kind of the main uh deck that's the running deck yeah. where you can walk the complete uh lap around the ship all the way around uh and you you know there's obviously on there's the mile markers and stuff right but it's really kind of nice on those first four ships even if you don't run my wife and i sometimes after dinner if take we got done before we went to trivia right we take a stroll you cannot do that on the wish and it doesn't sound like you'll be able to do that on the treasure you have to go up a level of stairs to then get up to the next deck to go around the back half of the ship and down. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I didn't understand it. That doesn't mean there's not a reason for it. I, I wish they would have changed that. However, I'm also sensitive to the fact that this ship has been in design for a while and changing massive construction design elements at this late in the game not may just happen. not be feasible. We'll, we'll see what happens with the, with the seventh ship. Um, the other thing is I really had wished, and I don't know that we know this for certain yet, but one of my, it's not a complaint by any means, because I'm on a Disney cruise ship, I'll be happy no matter what. One of my things that I wish had been done differently on the Wish was that a lot of the adult areas were more enclosed. Uh, the Bayou on the Wish, which is the Princess and the Frog themed one, and that sister area on this ship uh, we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, those, they're open to just the walking pathways down, uh, up and down the halls on that main area. I wish that was a little closed off so that it felt a little more private. Uh, the same thing with the daytime and nighttime mixed entertainment space called Luna on the Wish. We'll talk about what mm -hmm. design that will have coming up. That is also fairly open. I wish that those had been a little more private because I think you and I talked shortly after we got back that one of our favorite things, my wife and I, as adults, and still being able to tell people, adults can enjoy these Disney cruise ships too, is we say, you have your own space. 
at the back of the ship. You have your own space where you can go and you can sit and you can enjoy time with other adults. And you don't always have to worry about kids running around and kids poking their heads in and all that other kind of stuff on the wish. That's not necessarily true because of how open those areas are. So those are the two things that I wish they had changed. The steps and the running compare deck and much more difficult. To, compare and contrast that to clubs on the other four ships. Because what you have is clubs that are kind of contiguous to each other, but they're sep they're often a separate corner. Well, yeah. So on the ships, they're all basically in the back of the ship on the first four ships. The adult areas are all on the back of the ships mostly and some of them stretch out a little bit but the best example would be the most recent ships before the wish the dream and the fantasy they have their own almost entire adult entertainment area on the aft the rear portion of the ship and you can kind of just go from one to another there's connecting doors yeah. in some of them you can get to one of the lounges from yeah. the nighttime adults area where they have, you know, karaoke and the dating game and all these other things. And you can just kind of walk from one to another. And there's not really a reason for kids to go back in that area. First of mm -hmm. all, they can't get in during adult programming. But even if it were open, there's not really a reason for them to go back there unless they're taking the stairs up to one of the living decks or something along those lines. And our, my wife and I enjoyed that just because it felt like it was our own little corner kind of thing. Uh, I wish that they had they had fixed that on this one. And maybe they will. We're 15 months out. Super easy to put some walls up despite what the concept art shows. So I guess we'll see what happens when, when they actually uh, cut the ribbon on this one. So let's take a look at the overall ship, uh, some some key points. We already had known that on the treasure hook and Peter Pan were going to be on the stern, kind of like Rapunzel and Pascal were on the Disney Wish. Um, the big difference is when you walk into the atrium, there was a very light color feeling in the Wish. Here you have very um, deep uh, blues, turquoise gold it is um it is much darker colors more regal in that sense um and and tied very much to a feeling of agraba of persia of Morocco, something of that akin with with aladdin jasmine on a flying carpet as the statue and a little um a genie lamp sitting at the pedestal. Uh, also the theater concept that they created for the Disney wish having kind of a, a little stage area presentation there as well. Um, as you look at these images and you think about the functionality of that space on the Disney wish that you've been on, by the way, I haven't mentioned so far, David's not only been on the Disney wish, he came over from Germany with his family um, and, and to be part of the press photo event and to have their family. So you can, you know, it's like, um, where's Wally? You can kind of go and find where's David in all the different press photos for the Disney Wish. And if you could find a photo of David actually running on that fourth floor deck, that's that's like gold um, because we don't think it exists. Anyway, but, but going back to all this, you've been on the Disney Wish many times. You see images of this. What are your What are your first thoughts on all that, David? So, uh, obviously, concept art, right? Because none of this is done. Believe me, there there's mm, not a no. single ounce of carpet no, laid. Not yeah. close. Uh, 
I actually think I might like this better. Uh, on the Wish, uh, Leah, my wife, describes it kind of as shiplap um, decoration. And one of the things we love about Disney Cruise Line and we love about the first four ships is it feels very luxurious. And the look of that and the feel of that changed on the Wish when they put that stage right in the middle. There's no, there's not as, it's not as easy to kind of just come and sit and hang out with live music and all that kind of stuff. And so this color scheme actually feels like we're closer to that. Here's what's interesting. The color scheme of like the stars and that dark blue almost looks kind of like the night sky. Yeah. If the tour guide was accurate when we were at the Vatican and we were in the Sistine Chapel, they said that is what was on the walls in the Sistine Chapel before it started being painted um, with the Sistine Chapel painting. Hmm. So that's kind of interesting, like at least that 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 color scheme. So it yeah. feels very um royal i suppose are very very regal and i like it better now again who knows what it'll actually look like when it happens uh but i would say that i would prefer this design simply based on concept art to the wish uh but that doesn't mean i dislike the wish um yeah no i hear you um so so very so i think that's the important thing about the the concept between the treasure and the wish is you have a very different um and and i talk about this when i take people down main street the contrast you have between light and dark in different buildings as you go through main street and so forth you see a very different light contrast a feminine touch on the wish a more masculine tone on uh the treasure the three main restaurants, two of them are kind of the same. You can explain that 1923 remains the same. I did kind of hear that perhaps they might change out some of the imagery and that type of thing to tie in with themes like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like Swiss Family Robinson, some of the kind of more adventure themes that have played out with the company over the years. And by the way, looking for the image of David. He's the second I guess to the right and straight on to the back of the restaurant. And um any rate, Worlds of Marvel is pretty much identical, except because these are seven night voyages, it may be more than that. You want to talk about that? Yeah, I actually think that's one of the most unique, one of the coolest things about the more that I look at these things is that since you get at least two nights in every restaurant, obviously there's going to be one that you're going to get a third, but that will be pirate night right i would assume uh you're going to then get a different show in the worlds of marvel so you should probably get the normal ant-man one that was on uh ant-man and the wasp that's mm -hmm. on the wish there's going to be a new one and then uh in the theater or in the in the restaurant that is now arendelle which is frozen themed with live entertainment which is an absolute blast on the wish that's our favorite restaurant by far in terms of atmosphere on on the wish uh, that will now be coco themed and according to what we've read and what they've released there's going to be a different show each night in there as well and it says uh you know there's no confirmation that uh um that miguel is going to be in there's going to make an appearance yet some of the concept art shows him standing there in his red very much singing. there yeah so it's kind of like why, why aren't you confirming this but anyway um and then 1923 is very a tribute to walt and roy uh start of the company and there's all there's these little different um basically massive shadow boxes if you want to call it that that have concept art 
art and small little drawings and maquettes and those kind of things from the different animated features. They went really far back on the Wish. So you've got Bambi, and I think there was a Pinocchio and those kind of things. So my assumption would be maybe they would also, as you mentioned, put in some of those deeper cuts of some movies and put some of those concept art. I mean, you could spend an hour or two walking around 1923 just to look at the different displays that they have because there's some really cool stuff hidden in there. And having two nights in there, you will now definitely get that opportunity even if you don't step foot in there for lunch. I think Plaza de Coco really offers a different cuisine that yeah. we haven't yeah. seen on the ship. Yeah. Uh, the worlds of Marvel, my understanding is the second night may involve Spider-Man. They've certainly created an image with him in the center of it. So you get the idea that Spider-Man plays a key role in there. Um, there is always in the two new ships, uh, the, 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 um, the dream and the, um, I want to wonder the magic, the wonder, the dream and the, fantasy fantasy the dream fantasy have had these kind of sweet shops with gelatos so did the wish had joyful sweets um tied in with joy uh here we have jumbo's sweets from zootopia and it just looks really adorable with its pinks and so forth this is one of my favorite little corners of of the uh of the experience there's also a new hey hey cafe and a jade cricket cafe which are going to be there are two cafes currently i don't know what their names are on the wish but they kind of accompany on both sides of the atrium area um but as i understand that this is where these are going to be um for coffees and things of that nature and as I understand, Mickey and Friends, Festival Foods, and Marceline Market pretty well stay as is on that ship. Which is your favorite of those two, Festival of Foods or Marceline Market? Oh, Festival of Foods, no question. Uh, that I wish they would bring that on every ship. I wish when they dry dock the old, all the the original four ships. I wish they would put Festival of Foods there because they've got um, a taco bar. So you can make a taco, you can make a burrito, you know, a burrito bowl, something like that. Uh, and then they have barbecue and the barbecue was absolutely the longest lines without a question. Uh, and they still have your typical brats and hot dogs and burgers and that kind of stuff as well. But we we love that. And partially we love barbecue. Uh, we love Mexican food. But that was a great addition. And we ate we only ate in Marceline Market, maybe for breakfast. I guess because wow. Festival Food, fe, fe, well, Festival Foods wasn't open, and so obviously you're in a main dining room at dinner. But whenever we had lunch, we opted to do Festival of Foods. There wasn't even a question. So um, I, I, th I think keeping all those things is good because hopefully it gets a different uh, a different client or a different guest to be able to experience that food. When I was on the Wonder, the um, the tiana inspired lounge space was my little place to go early in the mornings to write uh to to do work on my book that is coming out and um here they're taking the former bayou space on the disney wish and they're making this into skipper society now there's all sorts of interesting concepts with this this is very much like skipper's canteen and jungle cruise and that kind of feel the thing that's really weird about this is they're using the word society, but they're not using the word sea. 
the Society of, of um, Explorers and Adventurers. And they seem to have, they seem to have pulled back from that. By the way, is there an interactive adventure on the Wish? I'm not familiar with that. Yes, um, it's much more interactive with your phone, where like a lot of it's oh, based on right. your phone. Right. Um, I have not heard as much about it as the Midship Detective Agency because it yeah. was it was kind of a late launch, and so uh, the Wish launched in the summer of 2020. Do my math, the summer of 2022, and it wasn't until the last week of September that that um, Uncharted Adventure game actually started. So when we were doing it, they were still kind of beta testing it, beta testing it, like doing the initial run through. Much more interactive, still the same kind of idea, right? Where yeah. you have to do things. But Scavenger instead of holding, hunt. right. But instead of holding a card, you actually like used your phone and it was on the app, on the Navigator app, you would use your phone to play games. To trigger. Um, very, very similar to the Disney play games or the play Disney games inside of the theme parks where, you know, you're in Magic line for Band, Toy Story Mania. Magic Band Bat Plus. Also. No, no, no. Well, yes, but I'm thinking more of the things when you're standing in line and you use the Disney play app and it says, mm. all right, you know, you're Woody, go ahead and throw some, throw some eggs at, at this thing and now hand it to your partner and you kind of pass it around. Those types of games are more what it was. So I would assume that will be back. The only reason I mentioned that is I wonder if maybe there would be a C component out of that. Um, it certainly seems like this is a, this and the next lounge we're going to talk about are both real possible places to incorporate little Easter eggs of C somewhere. Certainly, you got my attention when you have a Jungle Cruise type themed lounge. I don't drink. You don't drink. But I certainly enjoy that kind of ambiance and can figure out how to find a Diet Coke there. And so and so I love that kind of theming, but not as much as I love the theming of what was formerly the Kagan Compass on the Disney Wish. It's now called the Periscope Pub. And it is themed to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And at that moment, you've got me. Um, this is so cool. I'd love to think that when you look in the periscope they show in the picture, that you actually you know, end up seeing squids or whatnot, uh, something there. So I, this is just, this has got me. I'd love to think that there's windows above it in the ceiling that give you a sense of, well, I could see fish, you know, sharks, swimming overhead you overhead and so forth it just looks very cool and for those who have never been to club 33 at the magic kingdom they do something like unto this seemingly smaller at club 33 with the twenty thousand leagues under the sea theme so it's very very cool uh yet to be determined is what's going in the hyperspace lounge, but every Disney blogger and podcaster seems to think it's going to be themed. And they've given a lot of hints around it to the haunted mansion. And that uh, the, the combination of these three and just having these kind of fun environments to hang out in is a big winner for me. So your thoughts, David. Yeah, that's the one thing that was really nice about the, not one of the thing, not the one thing, sorry. One of the things that was really nice about the Wish is there were a lot more spaces to kind of just congregate. At least it felt like a lot more areas to sit, 
uh, and kind of just hang out. And so having different spaces that don't feel uh, just very sterile, I suppose, are, are kind of nice. And the Wish did a very good job with that. So, yeah, no, I think those are good. I mean, this is where uh, Realize uh, Kegging Compass on the Wish, or in this case, the Periscope Pub. Uh, that Periscope Pub is where you're going to have a lot of your trivia, typically. Uh, and then if you have any sports fans uh, on in your family and in your party, that is going to be where uh, big event games are going to be played at night or during the day is in that pub. So there will be quite a few screens around that they can take advantage of because that's where that kind of stuff typically typically happens in the Disney ships. So, um, yeah, so more to come on that, obviously, as they make more announcements. Moving very quickly, um, we got uh, entertainment. Let me talk about this for a minute. The new meeting, what do you call this? The meeting space, the club, the the family game space, Sarabi. Um, yeah. So it's basically on the original ships, on the original four, the first four ships, uh, there were spaces where they would hold often games during the day, game shows, activities, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, but then at night, they might be used for adult stuff. Actually, on the original ships, they had two different spaces. On the Wish, they've combined them. And so it's one space that's multi-level. Uh, and so in those levels, it kind of serves during the day as a game activity space. But then at night, that's where they have the adult game shows, uh, you know, the, the, the jugglers that do kind of a more adult show, the comedians that might do a little more of an adult show, stuff like that. That's where that is at night. And so it's, it's named after what else but Simba's mom. Simba's mom. Yeah. It's mom's place. Yeah. So. We have the Aqua Mouse Curse of the Golden Egg, which I think will be added to the Disney Wish too, but it does look really charming and, and very appropriate for the treasure. We have the Pirates Night, Pirates Rockin' Parlay Party. We have the Wonderland and Neverland Cinema, similar to the Wish. Beauty and the Beast is coming, similar to the show um, on the other ship. Disney Sees the Adventure is coming which is on the disney wish and a third show yet to be revealed what do you think that show is david i don't know i was thinking about what possibilities you might have I and mean, they did little mermaid on the wish so i can't imagine them doing that again because that wouldn't be anything new so i'm kind of trying to think properties if you really want to pack that theater i think you do in kanto um, you know I what? think you that do a live is, version of Encanto. That is where I think it needs to go, is with yeah. Encanto. That would be a big hit. That would be a big reason to sign up to go on the cruise line. Yeah, um, and it fits and it, it it fits the adventure theme, right? You know what Mirabelle did, the adventure going after looking for Bruno and all those other I mean, I think, yeah, you might be stretching a little bit here or there. Um, but I think that that's a that's a perfect fit. Now, I've talked about masculine and feminine themes, you know, the, the contrast between the treasure and the wish. What's interesting is when we get to the staterooms and suites, we go back to a lot of white. And it's not a whole lot unlike the wish in terms of its look. Now, there are different themes. The, the staterooms are themed and inspired by Aladdin, Encanto, Pocahontas, and up. Uh, concierge rooms and royal suites are inspired by The Lion King, The Jungle Book, and Aladdin. Uh, the royal suites, I don't know if you saw this, David, they're named after 
two feline, faithful feline companions of daring Disney characters. I thought, oh, oh we got an Aristocats room? <laughs> but no, no. And, 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 okay, Raja, I get. I think that's cool. It'd be even cooler if there was a, a tiger rug. But... But Bahira, I was a little surprised by a Bahira. I would really, uh, I would really rather see the tiger, a Shere Khan from Jungle Book. I think that would be, be more. And by the way, we have images of this on Disney Insights. The TV does not look like it's swivel. It looks like it's still mounted to the front of the bed, um, which I think was an issue with some. I saw the night space area that lights up to be genie uh in one image uh, the rooms do look beautiful don't don't mistake that they look really beautiful i love the rug with kind of the lion king theme and then there are two tower suites that have an epcot themed tomorrow look and feel so with with a skylight thing in one of the bedrooms of Spaceship Birth and a mosaic that looks like it's out of Wonders of Life. Can I just say, so I think these are beautiful rooms. I think they were beautiful when they were constructed in the middle of the 20th century because this is so much mid-century design. The use of, by the way, the use of turquoises and and gold and everything. I saw that. I'm, I'm so old. I remember when that looked cool. I also remember when that looked incredibly dated. But I have to say these rooms upon opening do look beautiful. Any thoughts you have about the state rooms or suites? No, I mean, I think they, Disney, there's, there's no doubt Disney does well with their state rooms. Obviously, the nice thing about them is kind of like uh the stateroom design when they redid the rooms at the Polynesian in Orlando to have a Moana theme where it didn't feel like Moana threw up everywhere all over the place. It wasn't obnoxious. I, I, I think the way that I put it that I still would describe it to this day is if you didn't know what Moana was and had never seen it, it wouldn't matter at all. You would think it was really great and nice and classy and just a well-designed room. If you knew what Moana was, you would love it. It seems like, and again, this is concept art. This is all digital creations, um, unless they've mocked up a room somewhere and they're just kind of changing out bedding, which I suppose is possible. But otherwise, it looks like it's basically just the art uh, maybe some of the carpet and, sure. and some of the suites, there's some other little, you know, tchotchkes and that kind of stuff. But other than that, I mean, Disney knows how to do room and they know how to maximize space. They've got the raised beds again, like they do on the yep. other ships, um, yep. which is great because you don't have a lot of room for luggage inside of the of, of the wardrobes. So, no, I think this is great. They look I mean, if, if it's not broke, um, don't fix it. However, I will say. There's some perspective that's off a little bit intentionally. I think uh, the pictures of some of the rooms, the the bunk, the upper bunk, you can mm -hmm. tell it's digitally created because it's down way too far. Uh, if you look at it and think how far yeah. down that is, that I think, I, think right. it, I, I think they put it down that far because they wanted you to be able to see the artwork behind see the, it. See the but oh, and the you, artwork, which I can't make out the artwork. It looks, looks like, like a, a map. map. Yeah, yeah, map. But um, and, and again, totally nitpicking, but. Your, un unless they're going to put it down lower, and I suppose they could on these new ships if they address some construction, but those ladders typically have more than three rungs. The only reason I noticed that is I think about 
either my 12 year old or my 15 year old laying on that couch bed and they would conk their heads every single, every single time they sat up. But again, it's concept art. I'm not saying how dare they, it was just kind of an interesting thing I noticed as well, we're David, talking. Oh, well, look at that. David, you know, these details because you have been on these ships, you, you know, the business and, um, and by the way, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about uh, your business. So right now, for those who are looking to book, and it's only going to be a couple of weeks away before you can start booking, how can they reach you and and uh, what's the best approach for that? Yeah, so there's a bunch of different ways they can reach uh, either my wife or I uh, at Zanola Travel is the name of our agency. So you can look us up and my name will be in this uh, these, these show notes that Jeff posts. It's yes. Z-A-N-O-L-L-A. So you can either reach us at david at zanolatravel.com or Leah at ZanolaTravel.com. You can find Zanola Travel on Facebook, or you can go to ZanolaTravel.com on the World Wide Web, and it will take you right to our Facebook page as well. So yeah, we we know these cruise ships because we go on these cruise ships. We have another cruise planned uh, about four weeks from now at the time we're recording this. Yeah, we're going to go out of New York and uh, uh, go to Bermuda for a day, but to try a new port. We've never sailed out of New York yet. So we would love to take care of you uh, and help your family experience these ships like, like both Jeff and I know what great experiences these are. Thank you, David. Appreciate you taking the time at chat and... Uh more ahead of us. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us for this Disney insights podcast and my gratitude for my good friend, uh, for so long, David Zanola. I'm, I'm telling you if Zanola can put up with me changing all my itineraries, he is going to handle you beautifully with your travel needs. So do check him out. On Disney Insights, we have the links and uh, information for you to be able to access um, he and his wife, Leah. You definitely want to get the best. And they are the best when it comes to to, uh, planning your next Disney or any vacation trip that you have in mind. Remember that this podcast and post is provided by Jeff Coburn Performance Journeys. And we invite you, if you are looking for a training and development group to bring best in business ideas through books, keynotes, workshops, seminars, online tools, hey, you want to host something on the Disney Cruise Line where we can bring a team of you to talk about what service excellence looks like or what does it mean to really bring out an incredible um, uh, business experience we will bring you on board the ship or we'll meet here at Walt Disney World or we'll come to you. We, If you want a keynote speaker, we can bring that to you. Need consulting, need a training uh, seminar or workshop or whatever, please reach out to us at Performance Journeys and let us help support your need, whether it's around improving your the morale of your organization, developing the leadership of your team or just providing a great customer experience. Check us out at Performance Journeys. Remember also, more Disney insights can be found at our YouTube page on DisneyInsights.com, on our Facebook page, Disney Insights Facebook page. Come join us and interact in conversation with others. And then also finally, the Wayfinder Society. That's our Disney Insights Patreon page 
Oh, we've got some new stuff coming this week on Pirates of the Caribbean from Disneyland. You definitely want to take advantage of that. And it's only available to those who are part of the Wayfinder Society. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a part and in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.